Yeah. I think if cancer's taught me anything, it's that self-care is not selfish. And thank you for joining us here at Therapy Unwound, the space that is here for all of us to take a deep dive into the wonderful world of therapeutics. Thank you so much for joining us on YouTube, Spotify and the old Instagrams. It's been wonderful to get to know you on the socials and we can't thank you enough for your support and the amount of shares and downloads and likes. If you haven't already, it would be fantastic to see you on there. And if you'd also like to join us on Ko-Fi and sponsor a coffee or three for the team, that would be great. I am your host, Jenny Walker, and today I am joined by the delightful Sam Reynolds, who is going to speak to us about her work with being a doula for pre- and postpartum moms and her journey through helping them rehabilitate post-pregnancy. So if you'd like to grab a coffee, have a sit down, it'd be great to spend the next half hour with you. And today, it is wonderful because we are joined by the beautiful Sam Reynolds. Sam, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. So Sam, tell us all about Mama Baby Space. And what you have created. <laughs> oh, my mama baby space has been a bit of a labor of love. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, it is, so I am a postnatal doula and it is my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of stories that are wound into how it's come around and why I chose to train as a postnatal doula, which as a as a career, as a job, as a vocation, it is fairly um, unknown. Not a lot of people talk about postnatal doulas. Not in the UK, no. No. Um, So it has also been quite a passion of mine, um, supporting women um, as they recover from illness and childbirth. Yay! So there are quite a few similarities between the two. And uh, I have a history of breast cancer. And while I have been going through various recoveries from surgeries and treatments with regards to the cancer, I have learned a lot about holistic support and how we can take care of ourselves better, um, how important self-care is, and just taking that time out of the hamster wheel to really look after ourselves and heal properly, mm. which is obviously how I came yeah, to know you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so I've always had a real interest in that. Because of my cancer experience, I have also gone through secondary infertility. Um, I was my sister's birth partner when she had her third baby. And I met her birthing doula. And literally the rest, as they say, is history. history. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny how those moments in life, you look back at them and go, that literally changed my life. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> it was the most phenomenal birth in itself. Tell us about it. I mean, it was textbook and I'm sure my sister wouldn't mind. But um, yes, I mean, it was her third, but her husband was abroad working. And I had sort of said, look, if you need somebody there with you, I'd be very happy to be. And having gone through everything that I had gone through, um, my sister and I had were much closer. We'd both had our first babies at the same time um and so she was like are you sure and I said 
nothing would give me greater you know privilege to be able to be there and support you and if ever there has been a incredible you know just that moment of wow women are amazing mm. it was then because <laughs> i had a c-section i didn't have a normal i didn't have a straightforward um birth uh and this was as i said pretty textbook but she was just phenomenal and the whole vibe everything about it, it was a hospital birth the midwives were incredible and it was a real eye-opening experience for me to uh, rather have been the woman giving birth to have been able to witness it and support her and see her birthing doula in action yeah. as well and we just hit it off to the right. point where at one point my sister was in labour and was just like, excuse me, but, you know, you are both here for me and you're just talking in the corner. I am doing something right now. <laughs> yes. I'm in the middle of giving birth. Did you just play the parts you're meant to be playing rather than <laughs> gossiping in the corner? I love that. Um, so we hit it off and I um, kept in contact with her. She's local anyway. And then she said she was going to be running a, a course from her home. Would I be interested? So I did the five-day course and loved it and very quickly realized that you don't have to just be a birthing doula. Mm. And obviously with a younger child, I can't be on call very easily. And obviously you can't always predict when these babies are going to arrive. They do have their own agenda and their own calendar. Yeah. (laughs) So I just said, actually, I think the postnatal side would be more suited to me, my lifestyle at the moment. and. As I was doing working through the coursework, which was a lot of written, well, for me, I chose to write a lot. Um, I just realized the similarities between the experiences I had had and the the women that I had met through the breast cancer scene and the conversations that I had had over the years were all very much um, influencing where, you know, what sort of work I wanted to do in this side of things. Yeah. And giving a woman that space to heal and transition to motherhood Mm. is an honor and it's a big deal. And I think we are finally, as a culture, giving that a little bit more room to, you know, to breathe and to be talked about and discussed because it pays dividends. It in does. The long run. Absolutely. I mean, the first time I came across um, the word doula, I was actually in New Jersey and I was doing some lab work with Gil Headley and the crew over there. And I was staying with Gil's sister, Vicky, and she's a independent, independent midwife. Okay. And she was working with doulas as if they were just like, everybody has one. I was just like, what on earth is that? <laughs> it's just like, you are crazy. What's mm. going on here? And I hadn't really thought about it at all until you came into the studio one day and said, I think I'm going to be a doula. I was like, that's amazing. That's <laughs> so cool. And it's happening in the UK. Yeah, it <laughs> and, really is. And it was just like, oh, that that works. Because what I hadn't really grasped when I was in New Jersey, but what I have learned through you is that actually it's a form of rehabilitation. Yeah, exactly. That is what really excites me because you're taking a, women who have maybe never had kids before, it's their first, and they're going through that kind of like almost grieving process of not being single anymore. They can't just go to the cinema or the pub anymore. Their identities change, their bodies change. Yeah. 
all of that and you're allowing them the space to journey. Absolutely. And it's a really bespoke service. That's the thing. That's the thing with doula. You don't get a cookie cutter. No, there is no one set type of service Mm. within the doula community. It is massively about the client. And I would always say that, you know, the chemistry between the client and the doula is the probably the most important thing. And you you get a feel for somebody when you meet. So I'm always really keen to meet people that inquire or want to talk a bit more about what yeah. it involves if they don't know already. Um, and if you've got that mutual understanding of each other mm. and the client has already sort of given me an impression of whether they want more practical support or maybe more emotional support, then I have a vague idea yeah but obviously every session will be different you know when you've got a newborn baby every minute is different let alone every day yes which ends up yeah and so one week it might be you know makes sense for me to arrive have the chat and the you know always the cup of tea the kettle is always on and find out how they've been doing since the last time I saw them but it could be anything from holding the baby so that they could just go back to bed because they had a really rubbish night the night mm. before or doing a relaxation exercise or me going to make them some nice soup or, yeah. you know, sometimes they've got other children around as well and they might want to spend quality time with them or they might just want to go up and wash their hair yeah. and blow dry it. Yes. You know, so I'm. it's a movable feast and it's very organic. <laughs> That's what I was really touched with when you started talking about this is that and something I hadn't realized is that actually your your part in this journey of new motherhood, whether it's their first or their fifth or whatever, is actually your job is to be there for the mother. Yes, it's not about the baby. It's not about the baby at all. Baby comes baby comes a very high second. Yeah. And obviously if the baby isn't settling or there is or is um having any sort of troubles or difficulties and obviously the mother's going to be even more unsettled and stressed um, and anxious so it really is holding that space for a woman Mm. so that she can find her new identity and get into her own groove with how she wants to parent and really own that and embrace Mm. that and it can you know it can take a long time the postpartum period is officially really the first sort of three months. God, that's not long. No. I thought it would be about a year. Well, <laughs> some doulas, postnatal doulas will work for clients for a year and some beyond. It, mm. You know, you become a part of the family yeah. in some cases. Um, and some will sort of take on more of a nanny role. Um, some are very strict in that it's a three-month thing. Yeah. And then after that, they'll help support you any way they can yeah. finding a nanny or childcare or whatever yeah. um and some women as well don't necessarily want that help yeah they absolutely the whole point of holding this space for them is to give them the confidence and the reassurance to find their own way yeah. and um and help them transition then because that first year is all about phases and becoming familiar with how it's all a bit ever-changing and just as you get used to Mm. the baby or child doing one thing then else decides 
you know, to yeah. rear its head. Um, and it's just navigating that path. Yeah. And feeling confident that you've got tools and certain strategies to help yourself yeah. and put yourself first in amongst it all, really. I love that. And um, I, lo- I was looking at your website as I was getting ready for this interview and kind of like <laughs> settling down into what you were talking about really on there. And I loved when I was reading about the mama baby space that you've created where groups of women can come in when it's COVID safe with their babes and you give them tea. Kettle's yeah. always on. Yeah. Uh, and cake. And I love the fact that you said no makeup and pajamas welcome. I get cross if they turn up in anything more glamorous than a tracksuit. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's just like, especially where we are in where we live, I yeah. think that, that, that vocabulary for me was just so freeing. Yeah. I'm currently um, working for multiple clients on my doorstep in my village. And it's been really wonderful when we have done outdoor mother space groups, yeah. which we've done a couple of now, um, and the sun has played ball, which has just been miraculous. Um, but just being able to see how the pandemic has sort of shifted this behaviour of how women feel they need to be really? to how actually they can be now. And it's very much been a massive positive from the pandemic. I think everybody is just going for leisure wear now. I love that. Which is great. Yeah, elasticated waist. Leggings have never been so popular. (laughs) Um, And there isn't any judgment because not only are they new mothers and they get it and they can empathise with each other, but we've also all been through a pandemic. Yeah. And they've all birthed babies in lockdown. I was going to say, for it, so I was looking at a little one up our street who must only be about three weeks old. I mean, this this thing is tiny and just totally adorable. And I was thinking, actually, the whole pregnancy and birth and now mothering, fathering is in lockdown. I yeah. mean, that whole thing has been quite an isolated experience. It, it really has. And it really, it really... Um, made us as a community doulas think outside the box. I had a client last year who I solely saw over Zoom. And actually, I believe, I I really believe that people are brought to you at the right time in the right way. And I'd known this client previously, very briefly, but she had said she wanted to um, use me as a postnatal doula. And obviously then lockdown happened. And there were... A few little complications at the hospital after he was born Mm -hmm. and she rang me and obviously she was in a right old state. But it was wonderful for me to know that she could call me. Yes, that's vital, isn't it? Yeah. And because of all the restrictions with how they could move around the hospital Mm -hmm. and whether her partner could be, how much time her partner could be in for, all of that was such an added aspect of this anxiety and this stress. Mm -hmm. And so... Being with her right from the get-go of that and then being able to sort of talk to her weekly after, you know, and through that adjustment period and as she was navigating a pandemic lifestyle with a toddler at home and then now a baby, um, it was was really lovely and we, you know, we bonded um, and you have that relationship. Um, And then I also 
sort of did my um, training, finished my training for my traumatic birth and um, trauma rewind technique. Mm. And I did all of that over the phone. Wow. (laughs) Which is traumatic in itself sometimes. (laughs) Well, I did it. We did it all on speakerphone. So the whole relaxation technique, my client had the phone next to her on her bed and I could talk her through it. And, you know, initially I always thought, well, I need to be able to see the client so that I can see any sort of voice, uh, sort of see any facial recognition recognition and things. And um, I would just say, you know, just give me a sign by saying something. Mm. And if I didn't hear anything for a bit, then I would say, you know, I'd just prompt her. Yeah. And it worked. It worked really well. I wouldn't do it all the time. No. But because we just sort of, it's just the way it happened, Mm. um, it was really effective for her. Isn't it interesting how we've had to form communities in such a different way? Yeah. And I was just wondering, as you were talking there, how you feel the community of small village motherhood has changed through the pandemic. Have you noticed a difference in the way that women are bonding together? And how, how have you experienced that? Um, I couldn't have wished for a better experience this time because really? literally there are 15 mothers on my doorstep all having babies <laughs> this year between January and August. Wow. <laughs> One of whom has had twins. Oh, bless them. They're I um I very much I feel so privileged, mm. so privileged to have kind of close knit village anyway. So very lucky on that side. But also a lot of new people and families have moved into the village over lockdown. We have really noticed it here in Godalming. So it's been really interesting because that whole dynamic has shifted. And because no one has really been socializing, yeah. and it's literally been dog walks. I think in twos yeah. around the place um, where we have come across new faces or been told about new faces. Yeah. Um, and actually, I feel very honored that a few people in the village have put me in touch with new people because yeah. they've got new new additions or younger kids. Um, and so I set up a WhatsApp group because yeah. everybody has been very um introverted during this time and i know how important it is just to have one person yes you know nearby so we set up a whatsapp group and obviously the mother space has also we've been quite active with um making sure everybody knows where and when it's happening Mm. i hosted one coffee morning uh recently just for the mums in the village which very much was on on me and not a mother space thing and They've all taken it off now. Oh, so they've made it it their own. Oh, that's such a heart flutter. What a moment. so good. I know. And actually, I'm still being invited. (laughs) That's even even better. I know. Um, So that's been really lovely. And, you know, it's it's a real community. And, And funnily enough, I was talking to one client the other day and I was sort of saying, you know, we're not on our own. It takes a village. It really, really does take a, take a village. And there will be now a sweatshirt. <laughs> I don't have a child, but I want a sweatshirt. Oh, you can have a sweatshirt. <laughs> That's yeah, great. Um, and I was just kind of thinking about, I mean, I've I've walked with you through your rehab journey and it's taken many um, different colours. Yeah. And 
you must see that within the mothers that you're helping yeah and the different kind of like color wheel mm. as i often see rehab journeys you yeah. have the darker kind of like deep purple moments and then you have the really bright kind of like turquoise moments absolutely and everything in between how do you if there's other doulas out there if there's people who are interested in taking it up as a profession how do you hold your space within the more purpley, deeper side of that journey? This time round for me, it has been my absolute godsend. Yeah. Being able to hold space for a woman as she recovers and while I've got my own things ticking away yeah. has been such a lovely distraction. And actually, I feel that because of my history and my background with you know, health implications, there is a better empathy. I find it, I find it helpful, but there are times where it can feel a bit mm. too much. Um, you've been a fantastic advocate to me of boundaries and we've often talked about Love that. Love a boundary. Cloud and Townsend for anybody re listening. Uh, yeah. We'll link the Cloud and Townsend boundaries book below. But, yeah. yeah, it's been really useful. And I'm really visual and image led with mm. my sort of my own therapy and um self-care and things that i find helpful yeah um and so being so aware of that helps me work within a sort of structure yeah and i think the doula community as a whole really support each other with that as well because Fantastic. we know it's such a giving job you know yeah. it's a giving position to be it's a you know it, you really are helping other people in mm. whatever whichever, whatever way you are um, and that can be tiring on lots and lots of levels. And then you obviously go home and you have your own family environment. Yeah, still got to get the dog walks. Yeah, cook supper know, or think about little ones people. Little ones at home, you know, yeah. homeschool lately over lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it has, you have to make it manageable. But I think for me, again, the postnatal side of it is more structured. Yeah. So I can be more um focused and um firm with the hours that I work yeah. and how many hours I would give to you know one particular yeah. client a week so that side of it is very helpful um I'm a real yoga bunny so I love that I mean I've seen you on your yoga journey all the way through and just how it's just you may have gone off to do running for a couple of months but actually yoga's always been your kind of like grounding yeah that. it has I've never seen it as kind of like yoga for, dare I say it, Lululemon's sake with you. It's always been, no matter if you were just in child's pose, it was just, it's your spiritual journey. Yeah. It's not your exercise and in inverted commas journey. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never really been able to put my finger on what it is to me. Mm. And obviously everybody's experiences yeah. are different. Um, my yoga teacher is also local to me. Yeah. Um, and so I have a friendship with her. Um, but you know, all over the pandemic, we were doing it over Zoom. Yeah. And I went through a phase of doing it, you know, every lesson, every class yeah. she was doing. And now I feel much more comfortable doing it on my own mm. when I need to, but every morning. And so it's become a part of my daily routine. And I'm not saying I religiously do it every day because I, I, I don't. But I think initially at the beginning of the year when I knew I was going to be working, albeit locally, but that my daughter would be at home homeschooling as well, I realised I had to carve out that time. And if I didn't do it first thing, it wouldn't happen. 
I'm the same. If it hasn't happened before my shower in the morning, that workout yeah. ain't going to happen at no. all. <laughs> because my mind is always so distracted mm. and physically I'm distracted with walking dogs and that doesn't happen at a particular time for me every day. It yeah. can be completely Whenever. random. So I had to have that hour. Yeah. And I don't even do yoga for an hour. I will most likely on average do it for about 20 minutes. Mm. And um, sometimes I'll just do it completely off my own head and whatever I feel is the right thing. Sometimes I'll do something that's online. If my teacher is doing a class and I will do that but I'll do that after a school run because yeah. that's when she does it so that has been my slot that's good and it feels like and it sounds a bit kind of cliche but it does set me up a little bit more for the day I think it, makes it does. Me feel like I've had my time yeah. I've got my head screwed on straight I've got I've had my space mm. and I can handle other yeah. stuff now I, I totally advocate that for I mean my morning routine if an outsider was to look at it, it they would say it's really long and it's really self-centered. Um, I wake up at six, I make tea, go back to bed. I zone out of the window, kind of like stare at the clouds for a bit, get up, feed the cat, do some stretches and work out. And it can take two hours to get going. But if I don't do that, I can't practice my job. Yeah. You know, you can't. I think there's a thing when you're in therapy, in, in, in especially rehabilitation, which we both are in different Different yes. geysers. I think you have to have that point of being honoring yourself and being true to yourself because sometimes those meditation sessions are pretty dark. Yeah. But to be in that point and then go, and I can let it go. And this is the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. But that morning thing, I think, is really important. Yeah. I think if cancer's taught me anything, mm. it's that self care is not selfish. No, not at all. And there are so many facets of that and, you know, it can be emotional, it can be physical, it can be mental, but we have to take ourselves into consideration. Yeah. And especially, you know, talking with you over the years, another job, another, you know, vocation that's incredibly giving. Mm. It's that, you know, it's that jug. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. It goes back to I, the jug. I need to come up with another metaphor for the jug. Because <laughs> I keep using it and it's driving me mad. I've been I'm using like, it for 20 years and I, I still can't find another one. <laughs> Petrol tank, I don't yeah. know. Um, but you know, if that gets low for ourselves, and I've had experience with depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, and I know when I'm in a really dark space, um, I do, I do find it slightly irritating when you sort of hear though when you wake up in the morning and you're feeling really like, oh, do you know, what? I'm just not going to do it today. And there's that voice that says, "It's on these days where you've got to do it the most." Yes. And I tend to just ignore that voice because I'm like, actually, rest is just as important. Yes, absolutely. And that is what I tell all my doula clients as well. Yeah. Is like they're like, oh, I, I feel guilty if I go back to bed when the baby yeah. sleeps because I should be putting the washing on or I should be making supper. I'm like, how can you put the washing on or do make supper if you haven't rested? Yeah, you know, and you can't you can't give from an empty jug. There's no. just nothing to give. There's nothing to pour. I know. So. And I think with the, you know, mental health side of things and that being such a huge focus for us culturally at the moment yes, anyway, which is you yeah. know, no, no bad thing at all. But I was, when I first went through um, a period of depression after my first cancer diagnosis, I was talking to a friend of the family who was a GP and she explained it to me in, you know, biological terms. Yeah. 
And suddenly it just made so much more sense. Yeah. And when you can actually understand what's going on in your body, yeah. then it feels like you've got an excuse or at least you know, you understand the reasons why. And therefore there is, you know, there it is on paper. Yeah. That And that is, that makes you feel slightly more um, proactive about it. Yes, I think that's right. I've had um, a few clients actually who've had depression and it's, you know, biochemical yeah. upheaval in the body and the brain's just not getting the right chemicals. And um, I've had a few of them actually sit down and say, I just no, lo- I no longer feel like a fraud. Yes, exactly. And I think that's really important to note when you're talking about hormones postpartum. Yeah. And I was just wondering what tips and tricks you would give your new mamas about rest and, you know, what? how would you help somebody through that time? I think listening and being honest to mm. yourself and not being afraid to ask for help is the yeah. uh, you know the biggest aspects of this because motherhood is such an intense journey at times and especially at the beginning and it is as you said earlier a new identity mm. and so it's very natural to take some time to adjust to that and don't forget your whole family the mm. you know the logistics and the vibes are all changing. Yeah. Um, so I always say to clients is be kind to yourself. Yeah. And just if you feel you're struggling, mm. ask, ask for help because it does take a village. It, you're not on your own and you're not wholly responsible for taking care of yourself as well as being completely depended upon mm. by your new family. It takes a lot. Yes. And it's something that we can't all do by ourselves. Nor should we. No, exactly. No yeah. one should be able to. Yeah. Um, and I also, I often also talk about one of the things that really kind of um, got me into this whole doula sort of world is that in the Western world, it isn't a natural thing for no. us to ask for help really or for not. us to, um, as new mothers, rely and lean very heavily on the family as a whole Mm. entity but in so many other cultures it is just normal they wouldn't question asking a mother or a sister or an aunt or a grandmother even or your neighbor for help yeah because it is celebrated yeah the mother is celebrated she has just grown a baby yes let alone birthed it can we just work out what that body's done i know and i think so many of us underestimate that Mm. i do the bone closing ritual i really wanted to ask you about this actually yeah all about focusing on the pelvic and the hip and the stomach area and really honing in on what that area has done yeah and it's the weight it's carried the room it has made your organs have all shifted all kind of like grown out and diaphragm's gone up again biologically and you know it's all shifted yeah and so that is really a beautiful ritual of bringing that helping that heal and bringing it all back Mm. into place slowly and nurturing that area as well as giving their mother some relaxation space and to be rocked yes. in the rebozo is just <laughs> heavenly. I mean, as an adult, when are you rocked? Yes. Ever. <laughs> Apart from in Pilates, <laughs> yes. when you're kind of like hollow rocking. But yeah. And I think it's what what I love about that is that, especially after cesarean birth, 
is that actually you can feel very disconnected from your pelvis. Yeah. I work a lot with clients who've got very deep scarring there. They just don't want to touch it. They just feel like they've, I've had so many women who say, I just feel like I'm butchered. Mm. And that scar becomes quite a negative. And I love the way that you come into that as a doula and rock it and say hello and get them back in touch with that area again. Yeah. And it's just, I think that's really important. I was introduced to the bone closing ritual through another doula in the area and she gave, gifted me a treatment after my hysterectomy. Mm. And I also had had a C-section yeah. and it was the same scar. And so, you know, hysterectomy for somebody under 40 is a huge deal. Yeah. Because I was... I had literally just passed my doula in a qualification yeah. at that point. So it was all very symbolic for me and really precious time. Definitely. And so I didn't even want to think about what was going on down there. No. I just envisioned this black hole and, you know, my whole femininity and all of that and what it meant and yeah. the connotations of a hysterectomy and all of those things was very at the forefront of my mm. mind. Um, so it was a real healing thing. Yeah. And I felt like a new person afterwards. I cried. I found it really um, just um, healing on so many levels. Yeah. And obviously so any massage or any treatment like that is what the client makes it. Yeah. And what they want to get out of it. But for me, the focus was on seeing it all in a really positive way. Mm. And so... Knowing that there was so much scar tissue there, and you and I have talked about this, yeah, because yeah, that's one absolutely. of the primaries of that you treat with me. I rock scars. <laughs> you do rock scars, but also knowing that even on the outside, that we can that the scars that we can see, yeah, don't address the scars that we can't see, and like, the healing that's going on underneath, yeah. and that takes so much longer as well. And our body holds on to those traumas, and that's why I have you know, loved chatting to yeah. you and, and, you know, being treated by you because you have such a deep understanding Thank of you. that. And I think for any mother who has gone through a C-section, it can be hugely mm. helpful to understand where they're coming from with that because it, it is a thing. It's a part of their recovery journey. I think the ritual for me um, was really interesting because I think as anatomists, myofascial release therapists, rolfers, um, we can come at a scar and say, well, we want to release that off its adhesions. That's our job. Our job is to find better function for you as a client within the scar that you have. And what I loved about the ritual when you first mentioned it, because my kind of like my ears pricked and it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and then I was thinking, actually, those scars, although we see fascially, are really deep, like we often use the iceberg technique, yeah. like analogy even, and they go really deep anatomically. I think what I loved about the the ritual and the bone closing, it was just like you're saying yes to the depth of the emotion of that. It's not just about kind of like anatomically, your pelvis has just given birth, mm. it's going to hurt like heck and you've got a load of relaxants in your ligaments and it's all a bit pants right now. But it was just like the depth of the emotion and giving space to cry it out, yeah. snot it out, laugh it out, joy it out, whatever you need to do to get to the point where you're happy with your body again. Yeah. And celebrate. And just your body. celebrate what the heck you've done. Yeah. Because it is an incredible natural phenomenon. Yeah. 
<laughs> having a baby, growing a baby, it, it still blows my mind every time oh, it's I nuts. see these little earthside creatures. That's such a good way of putting it. Like creatures. <laughs> I'm I'm taking that. That's going to be quoted. But they're just it is they're just you just and as a mother when you're holding this and you're kind of thinking that fingernail was made and yeah. you know all of those precious moments that you will have mm. um is it yeah it, it, it and it deserves you uh, you are allowed to celebrate it and you are allowed to celebrate the feeling rubbish about it too yeah. and the and the and the not so lovely yeah. joyous side of totally. it because when you think about what that process has done to your hormones yes. and all the other things that happen postpartum yeah is it any wonder that there is an effect on the emotional well-being and the mental health yeah. side of things um you know we are only human yes and so it's not always going to be this sort of very straightforward line. It's, no. It is, and it's, and that's your motherhood story. Yeah. And that's what I really try and, and I hope that, you know, as a community of doulas, we are really promoting, but also, you know, to my community of clients is that motherhood comes with so many ups and downs, but yeah. that is your story. Yeah. And that is, and every child you have will have a separate story. Yeah. Totally. I love that. So as we wrap this up, I just want to go back to the beginning and your experience with your sister as <laughs> she was giving birth. How did that change your relationship with her? Because it must have done. It really did. <laughs> there was one point I got yelled at. Yeah, I got I got actually sworn at. Um, <laughs> and I did feel like, oh, this is how a father or a partner must feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we had a moment. Yeah. And I had the nail marks in my hand to prove it for days after. Beautiful. But the intensity of the connection yeah. we had as we leant over the bed mm. was something that I will treasure forever. Mm. And the the female energy in the room when I then clambered over the bed to see her when she was holding her new baby and I got to cut the umbilical cord hey. with her doula and the midwife was just something I cannot compare. I've just got goosebumps from head to toe. <laughs> it, re it really was. I'm not yeah. sure my sister would have seen it from the same No, you get the joy points. of kind of like not having him done And her the husband labor. was abroad and within, yeah. you know, seconds I was FaceTiming him yeah. and trying to include him and yeah. let them have their moment yeah. together, even though it was over a screen. But um, yes, it was a very, very precious life-changing game-changing time and georgie and i are very very close that's, that's yeah. so good to hear <laughs> well thank you sam for being here today thank you for giving your time and, and your love and your passion and it's been great to find out more about the wonderful community of the doulas yes and um i look forward to hearing from you soon i hope Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to all of you who have been listening today. And um, if you'd like to like, comment, subscribe and share, that would be fantastic. And I hope you all have a wonderfully safe and blessed week. And we will be here for you 7am next Friday morning. Take care. Bye.